Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible Study at 7 p.m., and on Saturdays, we're talking about inspirational readings. You know, the Lord has blessed where uh, the church, you know, to help us with support the ministry. There are uh, four books that's been published, uh, The Lion and Barb Wire, The Lost But Found, Understanding Revelation, Day 7, and God Wants You to Succeed. Now, each of these books are written um, with you in mind. Uh, some of us has been there, done that. And each one of these represent how God has brought us out. Now, Understanding Revelation is a little different because it is what I like to refer to as a dummy book. And I like dummy books because it teaches you the basics and gives you a great understanding of the subject matter. And certainly we all need a good understanding. The Bible tells us in whatever we do, uh, get an understanding. Tell us to get an understanding. What all you're getting, get an understanding. And so understanding Revelation really breaks it down for you from Genesis to Revelation the prophetic word that has been spoken from the very beginning, you know, uh, the coming of the Lord with the saints is not a new subject. It is something that has been spoken about, desired to be seen and experienced throughout the scriptures. And so with that being said, I want you to know that we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of Cornerstone of Grace. It is, uh, if you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, we're in the book of Revelation. Excuse me. <laughs> we're in the book of Genesis. We're in the book of Genesis. Now, <laughs> Genesis itself is a revelation. But it's not the book of Revelation. It's a revelation. God reveals himself to, to man. And so we are in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular, the universal um, earth, man, and spirit. We're touching the creation and principal person who is the cosmological uh, the cause of all things and the teleological, the design your mind behind everything, whatever you see, whatever you can imagine, uh, it is not existing without God's knowledge and his approval. It is because of him in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him. There's nothing that you see that exists with that was not in his will. And so with that being, being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. You've been good to us. Lord, you, you've been good to us when we knew, when we did not know. Lord God, and 
when we understood and we didn't understand and Lord Jesus and we just want to thank you for your kindness and how you have blessed us, how you have watched over and kept us. You've brought us again to this point in time, Lord, to declare your word. Lord, for those that will receive it, I ask that you would bless them, help them to walk in your word, to keep your word, to know and understand that you're seeking those that worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, help us to walk in the spirit. Help us to walk according to your will. Lord, that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being sovereign in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, for revealing yourself unto us. Lord Jesus, and showing us history, Showing us, Lord God, the, the past, the present, and the future. Lord, we thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Now, if there's any sick among us, ask that you would touch them in their body, Lord God. You know the desires of their heart. Lord Jesus, you know those that are, Lord Jesus, the, the struggles that each individual has. You know the challenges that they may have encountered this day. Lord, we thank you because you are a source of strength. You uh, you provide the second wind. It doesn't come by itself, but it's something that you send along to give us the what we need to propel us uh, into the next place. Lord, we thank you. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I ask that you remember those that are supporting the ministry, those that are uh, as they uh, go on to Amazon, as they buy uh, books and support, Lord God, and ask that you would bless them and their understanding, Lord God, of what they read. Let it be an, a source of encouragement, Lord God, and uh, let it be a mega tool for witnessing, Lord God, to help others, Lord Jesus, turn their lives around and help others be encouraged, to help others, Lord God, to uh, to be strengthened. Lord Jesus, ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter is where we are. I solicit your prayers. I don't, maybe you're just starting your day. Maybe you're in the middle of your day or coming to the end of the day. But wherever you find yourself, uh, I pray that God's peace, his blessing be with you. If you had a bad hair day, I, I certainly had a bad hair day. Uh, I took my my bucket to the shop um, and, and something that would have turned into two hours of just reading and, and just um, feeding this gray matter that we, you know, this gray matter sitting on top of my shoulders here, um, turned into a five hour session. So unexpectedly, and it didn't end the way that I, that I wanted it to end either. But nonetheless, it does not dethrone God. Our situations don't remove him from being sovereign. And things happen. And as, the, as I was being Ubered in, um, had to just leave my bucket there, still unresolved. And as I was being Ubered in, the the, the Uber driver, we were talking and I said, well, you know, these things happen. Cars, they break down and 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 some parts on the cars are 
meant to break. They have a life, a, a life cycle, end of life. And so they're not intended to last as long as what we would hope for them to do. Oh, I bought a car and it lasted me a hundred years. No, sometime you buy something and it's only going to last a short while. And it doesn't just have to be a car. It could be a number of things, dishwasher, you know, just things are made to break. That's how uh, they make money. You have to go get parts and repairs, coffee machine, same thing. And so, but it does not take away from him being God. And at no time did I say, oh, that's the devil. The devil attacked my car. No, it's a car. And it doesn't mean that the enemy cannot uh, attack things, but it's a car. And so why get all bent out of shape? My only dislike was that I was there for five hours and the courtesy, the hospitality was not good. And I did let them know that. Um, but things happen and it should not, it should not take away from honoring the Lord. Now, if you had a bad hair day, if you had, um, you know, if, if it went from being straight to being nappy or whatever, however you want to describe it, it's all right. It's going to get better. It's going to be better. It's all about our perspective and how we look at things. And so listen, while, while I'm saying that, and you probably have turned to Genesis 15 already, or maybe you're driving and listening, but if you have a prayer request, uh, please visit connectingtruth.org, connectingtruth.org and submit your prayer request. If you have a question regarding scriptures or something that's been said, or you want to share a testimony, visit connectingtruth.org and go to the contact page and submit that information to us. We'll be certainly be glad to hear from you and certainly praying, certainly we'll be praying with you and for you. Genesis, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse six, the Bible says, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these things and divided them in the mist and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. Now, as a thought, and this is only a brief thought, and that is following God's instructions. Will you follow them? Will you follow what God is saying? Can you follow his instruction? There are a lot of people tonight that would say yes. And some would even just honestly think about it. And really, uh, they may not verbally, they may not say nothing to me or to you, but uh, the answer is, is no. They're, they're not interested in following uh, God's instructions because they feel his instructions are too rigid. I don't think God's instructions are rigid. 
we obey everything else. We, we go to work, we comply. We go to school, we comply. Uh, there's something we want, we will comply. And even if it's for a short term to get what we want. Uh, this is long term. This has long lasting effects. And so I am like you complying because it has eternal effects. Instru instructions, as you know, are simple directional orders. Instructions are detailed information telling us uh, how something will be done. It's an outline or a manual of processes or procedures. You know, we learn these processes, we learn procedures, we learn whatever terminology that you may use uh, is, is under this umbrella, it's embodied, it's wrapped in the fact that there is a process or procedure, no matter what it is that you're doing. It is a certain way that it must be done. And so, and you want it to be done that way. If you, when you go to the doctor, you, you expect them to, uh, if you're getting, getting stitches, that they stitch you up the right way, that you want them to use the right process, the right procedure. If you're uh, it, taking your bucket, you know, like I did to the, to the shop, you want them to follow the right process and procedure and fixing it and getting it back to you. You know, if you're, whatever it is that you're doing, you know that, um, that there is a process, there is a structure, there's something in place that you have to follow. And so uh, we work, you know, maybe in a line of, of that we use certain manuals to get things done. Or YouTube, YouTube show a certain process and procedures. I, I use YouTube uh, tutorials on certain subject matters uh, in technology that because someone else has already done it, they've already figured out and ironed out the wrinkles and I can look, glean from them, you know, and there's other areas. There's all type of training that people go through that for learning a learning process and figuring out the procedure for getting something done. So whether it is video, paper, audio, or some other form of instructions, it's something that we have to follow to get the proper results. Well, the Bible is a book that has 66 historical illustrations that help us with directions, orders, detailed information on how something should be done. It's giving us information. Uh, the Lord told uh, the children of Israel, um, he told them that uh, to be holy, because he's holy. And so how do we be how do we become holy like him? Well, we have to get into his word. We have to get into his thinking. So when we get into process and procedures, we're getting into the thinking, the logic and the rationality behind the one that is doing the presentation so that we can understand what must be done. And so the Bible is a book of 66 historical illustrations that help us with this. It helps us with direction, orders, detailed information on how something should be done from day to day, day to day. Paul said, I, I, I crucify my flesh daily. Paul said every day when, I, when he get up that he has to put himself in check. Well, 
then that's something if, if he had to do that, uh, that's something we had to have to do too. He wasn't the only one. He's just the one that voiced it, um, that we, that, that has been noted that we quoted this, this evening and paraphrasing about, but so did Peter, so did John, so did Habakkuk, so did uh, others that we read about. Enoch certainly did. The Bible said Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. And, and so he had, certainly had to put himself in check in order for that to occur, for him to be caught up and not experience death, not see the grave, but the Lord took him. And, and so uh, the Bible tells us in Romans, the 15th chapter, the fourth verse, it said, for whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, now all these things happen unto them for example. So we learn by example. You know, if you, if you have children and, or, or maybe you recall yourself being a child and you had siblings and you looked at what, um, maybe your brother or sister did something and got in trouble for it, and you immediately made up in your mind that you're not going to do that. Or, or maybe you was like me that you made up in your mind and that you that you weren't going to get caught doing it. And then you got caught, and then you got in your reward for that, and then you made up in your mind that you wouldn't go do that no more. The Bible said, and they were written for our admission upon whom the end of the world are to come. So these things were written for our example so that we can look and say, hey, I, I can do that, or hey, I should not do that. Now, many are doing and will do it their way in spite of God's instructions. And I hope you are completely compelled to do it God's way. That, that's the best way. His way is the best way. Remember, we believe the Bible is the word of God. This is not just a cliche, this is the truth. I believe the Bible is the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, we're faithful. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We're bold. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. Um, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. Now, when I say I believe it's the word of God, it is not based upon uh, an Anglo-Saxon uh, version or painting or anything of that foolishness. You know, I'm, I'm a little wiser than that. And so are you. Manipulation is not, uh, this is not about manipulating a person. That's not what, uh, what the Bible is about. And it's not a, a book uh, or gospel used for that purpose. Now, I'm going to stay away from that right this evening. So now many are doing and will do it their way in spite of God's instructions. And I, I hope you are completely compelled as I am to do it God's way. Now to do it his way, that means we have to stop and think about him. Lord, how would you want to, and how do you feel about, well, let me get in your word. I know your word. I know how you feel about it based upon your word. I know how you feel about hatred. 
I've read in your word. You said all of the commandments are, are hinged upon this one word, and that is for us to love uh, our neighbors as we love ourselves. So I know that love also covers a multitude of fault. Love is not prejudice. Love does not work ill. Uh, love, love covers a multitude of sin. Uh, you know, and, and so it goes on and without, and while charity, no matter if you are prophet, it don't matter if you, whatever title that you have, uh, that you're walking around under, without charity, you're nothing, without love. It don't matter the color of your skin. It don't matter how you was raised. Uh, God ain't got nothing to do with that, that color skin, race, or anything like that. This, this stuff, excuse me for cover your ears, this mess that people have gotten involved in uh, uh, politically and otherwise. He said, be holy. That's what he called everyone to be. Yellow, brown, red whatever, purple, dark, light, whatever you want to, he said, be holy. He said, be holy because I am holy. That's what he called us to be. And, and so, you know, I, I go to the, uh, I go to the gym and uh, maybe you've heard or seen commercial about planet fitness, you know, none, none judgmental. That's their slogan, being uh, judgmental. They're not trying to body shame nobody or anything like that. And um, all everyone is at the gym. doesn't matter what gym you go to, your own backyard gym. You're in it for a reason, and that is uh, for your well-being. Relieve stress to get a good, uh, to let go of some bad feelings, get some good feelings, get in shape, strengthen some things, you know, for whatever reason that you're there working out your mental and emotional it is non-judgmental, and that's the way it should be because everyone has a need. And when it comes to God, we all have a need, and that is to escape the pending judgment. Now, certainly, uh, one thing is for sure, no one is undeniable, and that is everyone. And remember earlier I said God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. There's no doubt that we are spirit people and we're housed in a body. We're housed in, and your body is yours. You know, no matter what, how you've treated it in the past, you know, you're treating it, we're treating ourselves a lot better today than what we have. And certainly we thank God because there is, and, and, and certainly praying for those that are being mistreated. There are those that are also being mistreated in our prayers. We need to hold them up in prayer. We need to be in agreement, touching in agreement with those that are in fear of their lives and uh, dangerous situations, you know. And, and so that's why we should not uh, get so comfortable because we live in conditions where and don't understand what other people may be experiencing, you know. And so we should not be selfish with our prayers. And certainly our prayer should not be about us. Um, it should be repentant, but it should not be, the focus should not be us. There are so many other people that need prayer. And so, and they want to do things the right way. And they want to do it God's way. 
And so I, I hope you're completely compelled to do it God's way. Everything hinges on this statement. And he believed the Lord. He believed God, man. It hinges on that. Everything, everything, you know, door hinges, the door swings open, the door closes because there are hinges there. Our doors swing open and they close. It's all hinged upon the word of God. And he believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. Now, you will not do anything without believing first. Now, maybe you might do something. Maybe you might say, I don't believe in, and prove it to me. If I do this, then prove it to me. Maybe I, that could be so. But you don't usually do things that you don't believe in. You walk away from it. Chances are that you will not try it. But when you believe, even if it is imaginary, because some things we believe in because we want to. I want to believe this, and so I'm going to do it. Even in our relationships, we uh, we could tell somebody that that relationship is not good to, to step aside, get out of it. But the persons that are involved or maybe one of the persons that's involved really want to believe that, oh, she's good. She's good. She really is good. She's not just after what she can get out of me. She's not a what, what do you call it? Those uh, uh, a minor, you know, she's not a gold digger. All right. Or he, he's not just after what he can get out of me. He's not trying to use me. And so sometimes our, our imagination runs wild and we want to believe the what we call the best of it. And it's really not the best. And so we we move according to that until things start to fall apart and we get really hurt. So sometimes our belief is imaginary, but with God, it's not imaginary. We will choose to believe or practice in disbelief. We're going to travel down one of those paths. Now, all of us have made some good decisions and we've made some poor decisions too, based upon our belief system. You know, and so this is a good day. The Bible said this is the day that the Lord has made. And so because it is, we have opportunity. We have opportunity to step back and say, you know what, Lord, your word is right. Let me follow this path. Let me get, let me turn here and live. Let me turn because the direction I was going is not going to lead me um, in the right path. Today, you're wiser. Therefore, we practice making well-informed decisions. You know, don't let nobody force you into making a decision about something that you don't have a good understanding. You know, one of the things I encountered today was that um, I was stranded. I didn't have a way from where I was they, um, to back home. And I said, well, you, you need to give me a rental car. You know, it's, it's covered in my warranty. And they were like, well, but if until we get the final authorization for repairing your vehicle, if you sign for a rental, then that means you take on the responsibility of paying um, whatever amount uh, that is going to be billed because you did it prior to the authorization of the warranty. And I'm like, well, why would I do that? And I'm not fully informed as far as what 
or if that amount is going to be zero so that I don't pay anything, or if it's going to be a small amount, why would I do that? That is, uh, why would I jump ahead of information and sign something without having the details? We're wiser today. And so we practice making well-informed decisions. And when you don't have all of the information, then you need to walk away. You need to leave it alone. But the next part of that verse says that, and he counted it, God, he, God, counted it to him, who's him, Abram, for righteousness. Now, our righteousness also depends on our belief, because if we don't believe and we don't do anything, then we're not, then it's disbelief. It's, it's just like uh, if it's not um, common sense, then it is nonsense. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, uh, the first verse, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we like quoting this, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, whole year, kick your foot up, you know, and everybody going, ah! And, but listen to what it's saying. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So without hope, there is no faith. Hope is the foundation of faith. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So whatever you can see, whatever you can see, it is, it is we're exercising faith. Now, if you can see it, you don't need faith for it. You, it's something that you need to do. Uh, you know, uh, Paul said, why should I hope for that which my eyes see? If I see it, it's obtainable. There's a way to get it done. And now, some saw it when they were younger and they worked toward it as they were younger. Others saw it when they got older and said, oops, I, I need to change directions and start working toward some things that are going to be beneficial for me. That's going to give me a better and more comfortable um, uh, for right now. The scripture goes on to say, for by it, and this is where I want to get to, for by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtain a good report, faith, belief, a form of belief. By it, by believing, the elders obtain a good report. Elders, and I'm, when I think of elders, I don't think of someone that has license power or anything. I think of someone that has experience, men and women of God that have experience, the mothers in the church that have experience. Now, everyone is not, I, excuse me, this is, this is only me. This is only me. So this is the book of Pastor Carl, chapter um, one. That's a, that's a pretty big chapter, chapter one. That's, the Bible tells us that, um, that we treat the uh, the gray hair men as uh, elders. So an elder is not someone that is just because they have a license. A lot of young men have licenses, elders license. I don't know if they should have them or not. Can't go there this evening, but in our ministerial, our leadership conference in October, I will go there. As I told them not too long ago, some ministers, a lot of ministers was licensed. And I uh, questioned, how is it you have all these licenses and you're not 
working the ministry. You're sitting around waiting to, for opportunity to speak. You, you're waiting for rotation instead of when there's when there's hundreds of people that are out and that you pass by or that you can really take the opportunity and and work the ministry and get out and be a witness. Do the work of evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry, as Paul told Timothy, uh, and the what they call pastoral epistles, Thessalonians, uh, Timothy, First, Second Timothy, uh, Titus, and, and so to work the the work of the ministry it has nothing to do with being in the four walls, and that include deacons, evangelists, and others, but older, experienced men and women of God that are also considered elders. Now, everyone is not a, what you would call a mother. And that needs to be distinguished because if you've never have given birth to a child, if you've never, then you're not a mother in the natural. Are you a spiritual mother? That would come with experience in God. The seventh verse. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Now, God presents Abram with his resume. And this is a small resume. It's really just the beginning of, of the resume um, that is that is being presented. Now, when I say the beginning of the resume, I'm talking about from in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The resume is started there. And so now we're reading about Abram and he's getting a, a taste of this resume. And so a resume presents a summary of relevant experience and achievements. He gave Abram a little rundown or summation of what he has done and is going to do. Now, what I do and the purpose of why I did it. Now, I was in here in Southern California, it was raining pretty heavy um, Tuesday, and I love when it's raining heavy like that. And so I like listening to the rain. It's very relaxing. But I was uh, reminiscing about God's goodness and his purpose. And as I was reminiscing, I, my mind went back into the foolishness, you know, as a young man, as a, as a young, very young person. And the chastenings that I received, the guns that was pointed at me, the drugs that God kept me from ODing, and all type of things compared to where I am today. Stuff I don't even talk about. And my mind went back to a chastening. And my mom is, is gone. She she got saved. She saw that what God did in my life. And uh, she followed. She followed and became a member of the church that I had joined. She saw the glory of God. I saw the glory of God upon her and she was gone uh, months later. And when she left, she was testifying about how she was walking with the Lord. She was telling people with excitement and joy that God was blessing her. And I remember teasing her uh, lightly, but about how she, uh, a chastening I got. Well, let me use a different word. You know, she, I, I got, I got whooped and I was a runner. And so I went to run and my mom tripped me and she caught me by my ankles and she played me like an instrument. 
But I remember when I thought about purpose and how God kept me and the things that he kept me from, you know, and, and the stuff that I was getting involved in playing with fire. And I remember a chastening that my mother gave me where she let me know how hot fire really was. And after that, I didn't play with fire no more. There was purpose. God has purpose. And that is to correct us and keep us on the right path uh, so that we live and not die. So that we live and not die. And as I laid there thinking about those things and how and all the things that God kept me from to bless me to make it to this day and time, to make it to where I am right now is so awesome. Now, no chastisement seems seem joyous for the moment. <laughs> Nobody, you know, as they write it, I believe, um, as they've written even in the scriptures that no chastisement is joyous for the moment. It, it, it's painful. But it has purpose. And God has purpose for you. He has purpose. And his mind has not changed no matter what you might be dealing with no matter what you might be going through. God has purpose and it might not seem like an enemy or even your own flesh, your own sorrows may come and try to make you feel like, well, maybe God don't have purpose for me because things are not, but he does. He does. He, he doesn't do things haphazardly. He doesn't do anything without purpose. He says his word goes out and it will not return unto him void. So God has called you. And so that calling means that there's purpose. And there's a response and reaction that God is looking for as he speaks to you. And let's let's talk about that. All right. And so he, Abraham, said, Lord, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Because the Lord is, is, is letting him know I brought you out. So to give this land to you. And he's like, well, how am I how am I going to know that, that I'm going to inherit this? Now, if you recall, a few weeks ago, I, I said that there is a time to listen. And a time to negotiate, you know, negotiate mean a time to talk, a time to hey, conversate what's going on. And and God doesn't now, God doesn't negotiate his his word or his righteousness. That that's unnegotiable. You're not gonna negotiate that. But your request, like the lady who whose daughter needed help. There was a woman that went to Jesus and said, My daughter need help. And I, I'm paraphrasing this again. Uh, my daughter needs some help. And, and he said, well, it's not meat for me to give the, the children's bread to dogs. She didn't get upset and say, you called me a dog? What? Oh, man, I'm leaving here. I am hurt. Oh, she didn't go there. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And we know that within the crumbs that when you, if, if the cornbread, you, know, you have some cornbread, you have some some eggs and flour and cornmeal and uh, a little cinnamon, depending on your, maybe a little sugar. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like sweet cornbread. I like good cornbread. But if that cornbread should break, if there's a piece that should fall off or maybe your, your dog or your cat um, is trying to get a piece because they smell it and they, they're enjoying it, they know it's tasteful. And so they hanging by your chair. They want some of it. Whatever piece that you give them, not the edge. We don't give away the edge of the peach cobbler. We don't give away the edge of the cornbread. Or whatever piece you give them, 
has the same ingredients as that whole pan. And that was her answer, that even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And because she said that, her desire was granted. It was granted. So there's a time that you need to know how to respond to God. You need to know how to discuss so that you can get something resolved instead of getting into your feelings or instead of walking away without saying anything and just, just leaving it alone. Abram knew he was in a good place. He knew he was in a good place to talk to the Lord. And, and you're in a good place. Your obedience puts you in a good place for talking to the Lord. And so he asked him, how will I know? How am I going to know this? Now, this is not the first time. He, he's asked, Lord, look, wait a minute. The, the, the person that inherits all that I have, and I, and I got it going on here, Lord. But this person that would inherit it all um, is not of my skin, not of my flesh. It's a servant. And the Lord told him, said, he said, you haven't given me a child. You haven't given me. And, and so the Lord began to talk to him about this. And here he is again asking, how will I know? He wanted to know. Now, people would say, well, you're doubting God. You're not supposed to question God. How will you know if you don't ask the question? And that is not scripture as far as saying don't question, don't ask questions. Now, there are some things that you should know that you're not going to question. And there are other things that you will ask about. And he wanted to know. He had been waiting a long time and desired a better understanding. And people say Thomas, or Tom, doubting Thomas, you know, you're a doubting Thomas. That's because the person that preached that message and, and then people picked it up and ran with it. That was the only thing that they could come up with. There was nothing wrong with him asking a question. There was nothing wrong. And matter of fact, we don't ask enough questions. We need to ask, get clarity. And he wanted to know he had been waiting a long time and desired a better understanding. Now, I've seen people go up for prayer. They go to the altar. Maybe you as a minister has been there at the altar and someone said, pray for me. Did you ask them what they needed prayer for? Or did you just put your hands on them and, and lather them up in, in olive oil and, um, and begin praying? Ask them what they need prayer for. If they say, let, let's use this example, pray that I have faith. No, the Bible doesn't tell you to pray for faith. It says have faith. The Bible don't tell you to pray for joy. It says leap for joy. Some things we have to reach up and feel for and that we'll find him when we seriously do it. But there are some things we're not to be praying about because it's not going to be answered through prayer. So you ought to ask people, what do you what do you need prayer for? Altar workers. Why are they coming to the altar for prayer? What is it? And if they come into the altar for prayer that they were just there a week ago and it's the same prayer that they're asking prayer for, do you need to keep praying for them for that over and over again? And they were just there a week ago and, and 12 other people and prayed for them. Listen, the person ministering to them, let's say they speak a word to the recipient. 
you as the recipient, do you ever ask the question, how this, how shall this be? Mary asked the question, how shall this be? I've not known a man before. I'm, I'm a virgin. And he explained to her how the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And, and so the Holy Ghost came upon her and she was found with child. So that makes the Holy Ghost Jesus' father. We won't go into that tonight. But listen, the question, it's all right to ask questions. What shall I do while I'm waiting? The prophet then spoke to you. What shall I do while I'm waiting? Uh, is there a time frame? Now, I've heard people, you know, what's going to happen within seven days. Now, some of them heard others say that, and so they're not really telling the truth. They just thought it sounded good. But listen, this is uh, Cornerstone of Grace. This is this is real. Let's be real about it. If God didn't give you a specific date and time for something, you will not be telling anyone a specific date and time. You don't know it. Don't say it. And they might say that they don't know at this moment. I certainly will tell you, I don't know. If I don't have an answer, I'm not going to front and fake it. No. Why do that? Well, let's be real. If God didn't give you this a date and time, then he didn't give you a date and time. I've had a prophetic word that was spoken to me. And the minister said that I cannot give you the date and time on this but look for it. And I knew exactly what they was talking about. And the spirit of what they were speaking in did come up on me. It didn't come up overnight, but it did happen and exalted the ministry. But we're not to be afraid. Don't be afraid to have a conversation with your Lord and Savior. Oh, when you have a dream, you have a vision, you've had dreams and visions where you was questioning, why am I doing here? No, I mean, I ain't supposed to be in this dream and you wake yourself up and I'll see there's conscious awareness, even in a dream. So you need to take that opportunity when you're in a dream, when you're having a vision that has been sent of the Lord to ask questions. And he said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old instructions. Take a heifer of three years old, instructions. A she-goat of three years old. A ram of three years old. So you're gonna go and get these three items. Now, don't stand there and shake your head, yes. And if you're not sure what a heifer is, ask. If you're not sure what a she-goat is, now Abram understood what they were. Ask, turtle dove. Where did he go get the turtle doves from? Did he already have some turtle doves? The instructions were to take some turtle doves, take a young pigeon. These were the instructions. So until he got those things, he needed all of those things. A heifer of three years old, a goat, a she goat, a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old. He needed all three of those things. They had to be three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. He was instructed to do this. Are you willing to follow the instructions that God gives? All of us need to be willing to hear what God is saying. And he's going to use someone to give the instructions. He's going to use Pastor Carl Henderson. He's going to use me to give instructions. He's going to use your pastor. 
your minister to give you instructions. Now, um, I don't supersede your pastor. Those of you that are members of other churches, I don't, I don't supersede your, your shepherd, your under shepherd that is watching for your soul and must give an account for you. I don't supersede that. No one else does. You, you have to obey them and what they're saying in righteousness and holiness. And the Bible said, and he took up to him all these things and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. Let's follow the instructions of what God has given. Let's follow what the Lord is saying, because that is what is going to make the difference. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your kindness. Thank you for this short word of exhortation about uh, following your instructions. Lord God, help us to follow what you say. Even when we want to lean to our own understanding because it seems uh, we just don't get it. But Lord, help us to follow your instructions. Lord, we'll keep your word. Help us to keep your word. You said that if we keep your word, if we do them, we'll live in them. Lord, and so we look to live in your statutes. We look to live by your commandments that we might live in them. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice that has taken out of their schedule, their time to tune in, to be part of this service, Lord God, and listening and to... Lord God, and, and as they are praying prayerful, as they are following in obedience, we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Let someone know about the broadcast so that they can hear the word of God as well. Continue to pray for us as I am praying for you in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. Amen.